0: From New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey,
1: everybody, and welcome to yet another Wednesday night, Ask an Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada. With me is Mr. Lady Ada, broadcasting safely from home. We live together, so we're not socially distanced, but we're socially distanced from everybody else. And we've got an exciting show for you tonight, filled with electronics, tutorials, new products, videos, NPIs, and more. That's right. Do you want to kick it off?
0: Yeah. Let's on it off. tonight's show, we're going to talk about Adafruit shif- sh- uh, shipping. Shifting too. Shifting and shipping Shaped safe shifting. and smart. We'll talk about that in just a second. Show and tell people around the world showing and sharing their projects. JP was special guest host. Thank you so much, JP. And speaking of JP, we'll talk about JP shows. What's coming up and what was on the shows this week, including a in Make Code Minute. We'll have some CircuitPython news, including a video newsletter. That's what we're calling it. Video newsletter. Um, I'm sure there's a better
1: It's Visual Podcast.
0: Vlog letter. Um, <laughs> of Python on hardware this week. Mm-hmm. Time travel, look around the world, makers, hackers, artists, and engineers. Featured job from the Adafruit Jobs Board Jobs. At back. Yeah.
1: Well, like we have to take over LinkedIn now.
0: Yep. Main New York City factory footage, what's going on at the Adafruit Factory and more. Some 3D printing. Everyone's favorite segment, DigiKey and Adafruit Present, on MPI. We'll do some new products. We got some top secret. Yeah. We'll answer your questions. We do that over on Discord Adafruit.it slash Discord where you now. can join all 21,000 of up. us. All that and more on you guessed it. Ask an engineer. That's right. Okay, so let's uh, let's dive right in to the show. And just to remind everyone, one um, everyone's wearing a mask. Everyone's wearing a mask. We don't even need to need remind anybody yeah. about that. That's been going on for a while. But we're we want all in, to...
1: We're on masks. Yeah,
0: we want to reassure everybody that our entire team is safe. We've been operating safe. Uh, we've been... Always open in some form all the way back to March. We were deemed an essential business. So we were making PPE, New York City asked us to, so those were face shields. And then we also had to make medical device components and more. So we've been operating. We had a very small team. And then as the phased recovery in New York started to happen, more of our team came on site. And we want to thank you because today was payroll. Yes. And that means that... And it ran. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's a
1: big deal. You know, a lot of businesses... Payroll is, is the day that they, yep. they finally end it. Cause yeah. they're like, we can't make payroll. And so
0: what- um, we're still in business. We're still able to pay everybody. We're still able to pay our bills, pay the rent and all that. Um, all of us at Adafruit, these are pre COVID-19 photos, of course, thank you for your orders. We very much appreciate it. Um, and we also want to mention there's um, more complexity with running any business now. So um, we have an internal system and it has alerts for the team. We communicate really well with video together yeah. um, in person. We uh, physically distance. And then we also have you know, company-wide emails and everything. But one of the things that we talked about this week with our team was um, this is what it looks like if you're in New York and you're following the rules. See all those red states? Those are states where if you're coming from those or visiting and coming back to New York, you need to quarantine for 14 A higher days. higher risk. Yeah. So um, in addition to us, you know, playing this video game on the hard level, keeping our team safe, um, and our, our team has been okay with, you know, I'm not going to put names to this, uh, but our team has been okay with uh, telling me that it's okay for me to say the following. So our team has been doing the antibody tests that have been on site from the beginning, mm-hmm. all negative, which is uh, now statistically um, an anomaly because we have over 100 people and there should have probably been some, some positives. Um, but we closed early. We uh, had PPE early. We did. We went kind of above and beyond because we heard from our partners in China that this was something that was serious. So we took it seriously, you know, all the way back in February. So that's good news. Um, but add to some complexity, um, and this is just for the people that are running businesses out there. Whatever happened to New York is now happening to everybody else. Yeah. So um, you know, we got it the first and the worst, and we're on the. Phase four of the reopening, there's no indoor dining. But let me tell you about being an employer of, you know, 100-plus people. So it's not just the people that are on site. It's not just all the PPE. It's not all the standards that you have, wearing masks and washing hands and doing all the things. Um, Some people have roommates. Some people live with family. Some people have family that visit. Some people have um, parties that they really needed to go to or, you know, recommitment ceremony and then want to come back.
1: Some people have to go to the hospital for unbelievable reasons.
0: So in addition to just running a business, now you have to kind of know what's happening with your team. So what we did is we said, hey, like, keep all the lines of communication open. Be open and honest with each other. We'll figure out how time off works. We'll just, let's keep everyone as safe as possible. So, so far, we've been able to work it out. Our teams, if they had to leave and come back, if they had to um, quarantine, if they had to uh, work with family members to figure out another place for a family member to stay, like, all these things we've been able to navigate um, but it's going to be something that everyone's going to have to deal with in the U S because whatever happened in New York is now happening everywhere else. Um, I've said it in other shows, you do not want to go through the last four months that New York did, but the inevitable happened. Everyone is starting to go through New York. What happened to New York in the last four months. Yeah. So let me just give you a glimpse of the future. You're going to ha- start thinking about how you're going to deal with this now. Yeah. Um, the other thing we told our team is like, get used to this. Um, even with, therapeutics and vaccines and all this stuff, it's going to probably be years um, that this is in our life in some way. And this probably isn't the only pandemic. Um, Just the way that we uh, cultivate food and the way that we go into Mother Nature. um, Mother Nature occasionally pushes back. Um, So this is something that if you're a stable business, if you're a sturdy business, if you prepare for this, um, it's one of the reasons we've been able to get through. Um, we, we saw a storm coming. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we're doing is we're getting our inventory levels up in case there's another pause. So let's say in the fall, schools go back. Let's imagine there's a tick up in um, infections and New York says, hey, we have to like, roll back a little bit. Yeah. We wanted to make sure we had enough inventory even with a limited staff that we'd be able to continue to, to uh, fulfill reseller orders and fulfill all the other things. So anyways, that's a glimpse into like what, what's happening with Adafruit and more. So we're there, um, we're paying everybody, we're paying all our bills. Um, so far, you know, none of the, no one really had to make any sacrifices. We didn't have to change the way the, the company does things. Um, obviously safety and all of that aside. Um, and we're really proud of that. So thank you everyone on the Adafruit team. Thank you our entire community. Thank you every single customer, um, all of us at Adafruit. Thank you because you are the folks that carried us to the other side. And July looks like one of the, it'll be the least lost month we've had this year. Yeah. Because, We're coming back, yeah. yeah. And so thank you very much. We do appreciate it. And I did want to spend some time on that. Okay. That
1: was, so, a, that was a really gung ho briefing.
0: Yeah. This is uh, Anne, Ada News Network. Da-da, um, da-da. So uh, speaking of, uh, one change we did make, I'll say this is a change we made, which was delightful is we made Show & Tell an hour long. So every single week, Show & Tell is an hour long now, 7 p.m. Eastern time to 8 p.m. every Wednesday. Next week, we're doing the Show & Tell. We'll talk about what's on after Show & Tell next week. But um, we've been doing this. JP was the host tonight. Thank you so much, JP. Thank you, JP. Um, It really helped.
1: Boy, I needed that hour.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so the other thing that's happened is Lady 8 has been on the city council. She was appointed to help restart the New York economy um, by the mayor of New York City. So um, that happens throughout the week now. So uh, we just physically run out of time um and so we had jp guest host the show and tell so thank you jp um lady who's on the show and tell and what did they share this week with jp
1: i'm glad you asked okay this is out of order because i just kind of scribbled them down um but from our team uh brent came by and uh showed off um setting up your own mqtt service uh, for debugging um, I.O. services. He uses and works on Adafruit I.O., but he wants to do some pretty intense debugging without having to involve the other developer or possibly taking down Adafruit I.O. Um, to send up his own MQTT server. Um, Anne uh, came by to announce that CircuitPython Day is 9-9, nine, nine, uh, so September 9th, which is a very snaky day.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about We'll talk that that later about that more in detail,
1: detail. But uh, in case you wanted a daily reminder or an hourly reminder of when that is, uh she published a guide on turning a pi portal into a countdown to circuit python day timer so if you have a, a pi portal check that out erin um wrote a guide and came by with her ukulele she even sang a song on the ukulele and demoed it um she's something really nice she said that she had been waiting for circuit python to get powerful enough to do the kind of led animations and sensing projects that she wants to do and historically she did with arduino and i remember for a very long time she's like you know, we don't have this in CircuitPython, I can't do the project I want to do. And so she was doing a lot of Arduino projects. Yeah. But now that we have Microlab, now that we have the Feather Sense, now that we have LED animations and PyPixel, like so much work has gone into improving the experience of CircuitPython yeah. that she's like, I can, the, the project is like really advanced, but the code is not that long. Not
0: only can you do the things you want to do, because anything that you can do with a microcontroller, Python is going to be able to do it or does now. But it has to be easier than any other way to do things on microcontrollers. Yeah, um, And so that's the benefit you get now. Um, if you uh, lit up NeoPixels with Arduino, it's even easier if you use CircuitPython. If you want to uh, display an image on a display, yeah. it's even easier with CircuitPython. Well,
1: like, like her project, it detects the notes that are put on ukulele. So doing the uh, uh, FFT transfer to convert frequencies yeah. into a bins, it's, it's like built in. You know, it's really easy to do, um, and, and very simple, and, and you don't have to do a ton of library hacking and work. It's just kind of like a, a native capability. So it's, it's really neat to see um, the projects it's unlocking. Her projects are getting much more advanced and interesting. Um, she's also not able to do a lot of her mermaid stuff. So check out the video, which we'll show. Uh, she goes through like 20 costume changes, Just pretty sweet. Um, Grace from Digikey came by. Um, She plays a lot of hockey and um, was thinking about how can she use her engineering skills to keep people from getting concussions. And so she took an ESP32 feather with an an analog devices accelerometer wing um, and connected it up to Adafruit I.O. to log high impact. um, uh, Sorry, high acceleration impact, high force impacts. Um, So you can log to make sure that people aren't getting hit too much as hockey can be a very... Not field yeah. hockey, but like ice hockey can be very aggressive. Um, so uh, that's a cool project. Thank you, Grace, for coming by. Um, Trevor uh, showed off Swift UI. He wrote a pedometer app and uh, has been playing around with Swift UI and uh, gave some tips and tricks for people who want to do iOS app development. Um, Trevor is uh, an author of many uh, Adafruit iOS apps, so he's a, he's a pro. Um, Liz uh, came by with some PyPortal Titano display.io tips. Um, Sophie came by to pitch everybody to check out Hackaday University Hackaday U So that's their new Yeah,
0: I'm going to show this in our job uh, board segment later today It's
1: a pay-as-you-can virtual university They did reverse engineering So they had like a couple hundred people They have KiCad tutorials A couple hundred people Um, They are uh, raising money for food banks um, but people who are donating money for the classes, or you can if you can't afford, uh, you don't have to. Um, they're looking for both students and teachers. So if you want to teach a course, contact them. We'll show, the, um, yeah. show that off on the Jobs Board section. And if you want to uh, take a class, go check it out. I mean, it's really cool. Like, they had a Gidwa tutorial for reverse engineering. That's a cool uh, NSA-written tool that apparently works really well and is a lot cheaper than IDA, so it's free. Uh, plus, she wanted to show off Labs. She loves the graphical data sheets. Um, let's see. No one pager came by, showed off this week's 3D Hangouts projects. It's a promo-proto case. Brian made a sweet demo uh, with the upcoming sensor, the AS7341, which is a multi-channel spectroscopy device, spectromet- spectrometer. Uh, he made it display on an LED matrix, the bins. So you can actually see like the color bins change um, as different light is shining on the sensor. Scott uh, has upgraded his PC and his camera. Uh, he His image is a little less wide, but it's very good quality. Uh, he's been doing a lot of streams. Don't forget to check out his stream on Friday. He's going to be doing more ESP32 S2 Wi-Fi. Uh, Dan Delaney... Uh, came by with a gorgeous uh, garden time lapse project using a high quality Pi camera and a Pi Zero. Um, and he's also like doing like some remote control stuff, a really neat project. Um, speaking of which, uh, a similar project, Dylan, who has been doing stuff with Adafruit over the summer, also is working on a Raspberry Pi high quality camera controller, but this time he's uh, using it for astrophotography. He wants to um, take really cool, like nighttime images, where the camera actually tracks the sky. So you have to like have this precision motor that moves as the Earth is rotating, so you get the same images of the sky, and it, it's you can you can get high quality images. So he's working on that. Uh, Jepler has a 3D storage site that he's working on. Uh, so watch out, Thingiverse, it's coming for you. And that's it. I think I got to everybody.
0: Okay. All participants on the show and tell will soon be receiving a sticker mm-hmm. because uh, well, we're going to be able to ship stickers soon. This part of our Adafruit Live Series of Shows. Just a bit of a reminder, every Wednesday at 7 p.m. we have show and tell. Every Wednesday at 8 p.m. we have Ask an Engineer Except for Next Week. Next week's a big deal. Oh, um, yeah. Next week we're going to be doing the Ada Box Unboxing Live. Ada Box 15. Um, some people already got their Ada Box. We started shipping this week. so. Yep. The phased reopening in New York happened uh, for manufacturing June the week of June 23rd, and we've been able to catch up and do all the Adabox stuff that we needed to do, and now we're shipping. Um, as essential as I think Adabox is in a lot of people, think it is it wasn't one of the things that we could divert our attention to it also wasn't something that we could have all hands on it also was also no shipping
1: available we could not get parts so moved around there was nothing available so
0: for the folks who emailed everyone was patient thank you so much um we didn't have you know mass cancellations or anything like that they're shipping some people will get shipping notices it does take a little while for them to work their way around the country some international folks already got theirs so thank you so much. For, thank you for
1: being patient. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank um, you. Believe me, I really wanted to get this one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so um, we're going to try to go as fast as possible to uh, catch up and then keep up with each quarter. Yep. I think, think we'll be able we to.
1: We have two more boxes this yeah. year, and they're going to be great.
0: So sign up for adabox.com. And um, if there's slots open, you'll be able to get an box. If not, just sign up. Uh, some people, you know, they move and they go off and then there'll be an opening and you'll get a notification. So that's next week at 8 p.m. JP will be doing that. Sundays, around 8, Lady Ada, La-
1: eight. eight. Sometimes I'm an hour late.
0: Yeah, we do Desk of Lady Ada, And uh, this week was uh, testing a new spectral sensor. And uh, 7341. we have a special segment during that, which is the Great Search. So one of the things that... Beginner to pro engineers always say is like, "How do I search DigiKey like Lamore does?" And uh, so Lamore. It's like dynamotic. know? Yeah. Just
1: like I'm there, and there's like boxes yeah. flying by me. There
0: is. It is like that. C- cyber boxes. Um, and so that's part of the segment of desk of lady Ada that we do each week. Yes, so tune into that. Out. Do another one on
1: Sunday.
0: Okay. Uh, every Thursday we have John Parks workshop, and we also have um, a make Code segment. That we do, which is Make Code Minute. And we have a Tuesday show, which is all about Make Code. So I want to show a little preview, a little thing of this uh, hero project, that uh, Guitar, Guitar Hero, like thing that JP yeah. did. And then um, I'll see you on the other side, and then we'll do Make Code Minute. Yep. Okay, the other thing we do every week is during JP show, we have Make Code Minute, and here is the latest MakeCode Minute.
2: What I wanna to show today is a really cool extension in MakeCode Arcade that's called Status Bar. What you'll see here is I have a little uh, game that I've created. It doesn't do much right now, but I've got my little character. And what you'll notice is that my character has a little hit point counter on top of her head. Uh, And as I contact this evil slug thing here, you'll notice my hit points are going down. Um, And then what I've set up is a little status bar that's vertical on this rug here, which will refill me, but you'll notice that its status bar goes down. Uh, And then if I want to refill the status bar on that carpet, I'm just going to touch this computer terminal here like a hacker, and and now I've got... uh, that uh, refilled, so by adding this status bar extension from the advanced extensions menu, you get all of these items that are built for creating a new status bar and setting its width and height, which determines its um, orientation, as well as what the status bar is for things like health and magic and and, uh, hit points and other things. And then we have a whole bunch of blocks that are used for setting the value, changing the value, so I have right now an overlap block that, that reduces the value, for example, And then we have these events. These are the what happens to a status bar when it reaches a certain point. Um, So if you look at my uh, scene here, uh, you'll see that I have on status bar kind health, zero, uh, for this status, then the camera shake uh, is what occurs. So on my uh, character's health getting, getting down to zero, um, then we know we can run an event. So you can track things with these sort of like um, metadata that's carried around on the characters um, and do things like trigger the refill. So when I when I cover up, uh, the character covers up or overlaps that computer sprite, then you can see I'm Adjusting the uh, status bar value and the rug status bar value here, or the computer value tells the rug status bar value to go up. So, uh, really cool for things like RPGs. So, that is how you can add status bars to your game and uh, build all kinds of complex behavior that's really easy for the player to see. And that is your Make Code Minute.
0: Okay, and a little bit of a reminder um, on. Towards the end of the show, we'll have the Python on Hardware newsletter, but big reminder is we're going to do CircuitPython Day on 9-9-2020. Last year, we did it on 8-8. This year, we're doing it on 9-9. We'll see what happens uh, next year. We need a little bit more time because um, we're, no, we recovering right now. Well, we
1: didn't want to do it on 8.8 because it's like it's in two weeks and,
0: can't, yeah, which there wasn't enough
1: time to prep and make it as, as snaky so, as possible.
0: Yeah, so last year this was an all-virtual online event. Um, you know, some people did some workshops, but this will, of course, probably be a virtual event again, which is good. That's what, that's what we're built for.
1: We're good at
0: that. And um, start looking at the blog on the newsletter, on Discord, on all the places. Um, you can also email day. At and you'll be able to get any information you need about circuit python day uh we'll just have a bunch of blog posts celebrating the entire community all the boards all the code all the people all the community circuit python is code plus community so don't forget it mark it on the calendar make a pi portal with a reminder
1: that's right i'll tell you how
0: yeah <laughs> okay time travel let's look around see what's going on so um sad news over the weekend um I guess I'll start with how folks probably um, know what our recent um, work was. We, we were working with Magnolia Pictures because they just did a documentary about John Lewis uh, called Good Trouble, and we teamed up with Magnolia Pictures to help get the word out because they stopped advertising on Facebook, as did we, for the month of July because we wanted to see hate speech um, better handled by Facebook. And uh, John Lewis passed away on Sunday, and um, one of the Freedom Riders um, watched the documentary. It's pretty much everywhere. We got tickets for our entire team, and then we helped with the. the it's also re-
1: streaming on like YouTube, yeah. and Netflix, and.
0: And if if you want to um, read about and, and and know about an American who uh fought hard um and and gave his life and blood for civil rights share the story about john lewis read about john lewis um we also lost um ct vivian 95 um interesting you know side note they were arrested on the same day back in the 60s died the same day so um you know, you'll see tributes. The The funeral's going to be coming up soon. But I, I wanted to kind of do a side story um, because uh, John Lewis also made a comic book named March. Rad. This is book one. And uh, there's three all together. And uh, here's just one panel from it. And I think this is the first congressperson to be a award-winning graphic novelist. I think that's one of the things that... Not a lot of people know that John Lewis did And uh, I'm going to go to the overhead And uh, Lady can show you some yeah. of the um, so This is the
1: book So yeah, yeah. it's you know It's a really beautiful uh, monochrome art With like yeah, a lot of The story of the Martin Selma,
0: Freedom Riders Stories of civil rights And you know one of the things like, com- Comic books are a way to tell a story And uh, you know Everyone's telling their favorite John Lewis story He crowd surfs on the, the Stephen Colbert show but my favorite story, and uh, reason why i you know, think comics are so powerful, was because of uh, this this is my one of my copies of March. Um, John Lewis cosplayed as, as himself at, at comic con, and uh, it was when they they launched March, and uh, this is you know the backpack and coat he wore when he was in his twenties. he was the youngest one um, and the Freedom Riders. And he, he had the kids march and, you know, but at first he, he did a march and he said, but the kids have to come up front. And uh, what a beautiful man. And, you know, be so good that you can cosplay as yourself later on. Um, what an amazing life, an amazing story. So I just wanted to spend a little time on this because folks knew, you know, back in June, we were helping to get the word out. And uh, please still watch John's story. Um, share it with someone and uh that just brings us to um adafruit.com slash black lives matter that's where our team puts all the things that we're doing actions um you know john lewis we've had this quote on our site forever um get in the good trouble you know if uh, do something um action matters a lot of stuff's going to happen to all of us but what you do matters and that's what our section on Adafruit is all about. Adafruit.com slash Black Lives Matter. So, a little bit of a preview. Um, We're going to do this during Top Secret, but uh, I did want to show just a little bit of a preview. So, um, we recently donated a bunch of PPE to Black Lives Matter New York, and we also are working on some electronics for workshops. So, this is a uh, CircuitPython board. Um, be able to write some code. And the colors right now, it's rainbow colors, and then it also switches to red and green. That's for uh, Black Lives Matter Greater New York. And uh, this is a cool workshop board, um, cool Learn to Code board. Yeah, you and can program
1: it over USB-C. Yeah. It's got capacitive touch, and it runs off of two AAA batteries.
0: So we have some ideas on how this can be a tool to help educate, help code. But also, it has a powerful message. So, um, this is one of the things we're working on. We'll show this on Top Secret in a bit. Yeah. Okay. Lady Ada, you were part of the Coolest Projects with Raspberry Pi Foundation. And all of this is available at coolestprojects.org. They posted a video today. You were a judge. You picked some of your favorite projects. I did. And uh, take it away.
1: Go uh, past, past me. you. There was just like a... They oh. composited me with everybody else. Yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool crew, and the projects were amazing, and they're all published. So if you're wondering, you know, how can I build some of these projects? Check out the coolest yeah. projects website.
0: And here's a video.
3: I just want to say a huge congratulations to all the young digital
0: makers who submitted their projects to Coolest Projects 2020. It was an absolute joy to spend time looking through all the things that you created. Just fantastic. Thank you very much and well done.
1: Whether you were chosen or not, I loved everything I saw. You are so talented, so creative and so others focused. They were so cool.
3: It's so important that you're embracing technology and design and creativity. When we look at it in the world around us today, our lives are surrounded by technology and that's going to become even more important in the future. So um, everybody who's involved in these projects, you're obviously on a great path. We're going to need a lot of people in the future who know about technology and it would be lovely if those people were you. And uh, That's why it's so exciting to see all the cool stuff you're doing.
4: Engineers and technologists are shaping our world. They are creating the future. And it's so, so important that we have as much talent as possible that comes from all around the world, that comes from all parts of society.
2: I think it's really important to always
4: be ready to take
0: risks, to try new things. If you want to be creative, things aren't going to go right the first time. It's fine to, to test the boundaries, try new things, experiment. If things go wrong, it's not a problem. It's an opportunity to learn new things, to make adjustments and try again, and you'll keep on learning and learning. Okay, let's go on to Help Wanted. So, um, I saw on Hackaday, and I should also do my kind of usual disclosure. I started Hackaday over 15 years ago. I have nothing to do with it right now. Yeah. Um, But I designed the logo, I made the site, I got it started. Um, I'm forever attached to it, and uh, I guess they're forever attached to me in some way, too. Um, but um, <laughs> You're trapped
1: in here with me, Hackaday. Yeah,
0: and so um, I had written a bunch of things I wanted to do with Hackaday, yeah. and uh, right after Hackaday is when I started uh, helping out with Make Magazine, because there was a lot of things I wanted to do there, too. So, yeah. um, you know, I kind of glance over at what the folks at Hackaday are doing. Specifically, um, I'm going to shout out to Sophie. Um, because Hackaday U was one of the things that I wanted to get to. This was, you know, 15, 16 years ago. And I'm like, oh, online courses for, you know. At the time, hacking got a, it was a bad term. Now everyone uses it. Um, Facebook is like one hacker life, away. Life which is yeah. Life hacker. Everybody hacks. Okay, cool. Um, but at the time, you know, we were trying to move that word from being a bad word to like, oh, no, hacking is good. Now there's. Hacker spaces, I think, like, we all did a good job showing that. Hacking is exploring the world and sharing. Learning. So um, HackadayU is, um, one, I'm so glad the logo still works. If you're a logo designer, you want your logo to stand the test of time. Um, so your far, so good. Universal. So universal. So far, so good. It's, it's still used. Um, but when I saw that Hack, HackadayU uh, from HackadayIO had, a job opening for instructors and for more like hey sophie it up on the adafruit jobs board and we
2: um, can talk about because, it because
0: you know I, back in the day when i started hackaday i wanted to do a hackaday jobs board but you know at adafruit i got a chance to do a jobs board so um sophie was on the show and tell and um here's the job hackaday U is looking for instructors and in engineering topics proposals for underrepresented engineering folks are very welcome hard science and mathematics in addition to engineering topics May also be a good fit. About Hackaday, you Hackaday is an alternative or supplemental to the common university engineering coursework. It's a hands-on way to learn engineering topics. Supportive environment. Courses are four weeks long. Each week contains a pre-recorded video and a live office hour. Instructors pay 250 a week, and we aim to co-brand, and promote the instructors brand as well. Instructors can reuse the videos elsewhere for themselves, and we lightly edit them. Please submit your class proposals here. There's a link. We look forward to reading those. So. Um, Thank you, Hackaday, for um, keeping the thing that I worked on a long time ago alive. It's interesting. But, yeah, but making yeah. it, of fulfilling the promise of this. Yeah, this idea.
1: Into, like, they're like, well, we're not going to do Hackaday conferences. So instead, let's put that energy into something else.
0: Yeah. So I thought that was neat. Cool. Um, all right. Open source hardware news and more. We're an open source hardware company, but first. But first. Some, open source, some open source news. Um, all right, so I have a blog post up, and uh, that's the uh, anger emoji, by the way. Yeah. Uh, we don't see this emoji that often, you know why? Because we generally don't have angry communities that, okay. uh, you know, we generally have, a like, but this is the anger emoji. You see this a lot on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Um, specifically. So we, we did a little bit of a post, and it said, Here, here's one of the problems right now. So online hate going through the roof. Yeah. Especially since May. And the other thing though is we're seeing more people join the adafruit community and so the good question is why and one of the reasons is we have a really good code of conduct that is inclusive but it also protects people because if you have a bunch of people coming into the community and they're crummy it chases everybody out and then you're just stuck with crummy people so um we make it really clear what the expectations are if you join discord um, we always try to work with people. Try to say, "Hey, like here's the the, the, the code of conduct." We've expanded it to make sure it includes online chats, yeah. um, And it, it just, especially now, if you have an electronics community, please take a look at our code of conduct, fork it, use it, adapt it,
1: and 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 actually follow it. I mean, like that's the most important thing. Is yeah. is folks that it's it's not hard to. Um, take care of a community when people are obviously bad because it's like oh you're spamming or you're you're you know clearly posting offensive stuff okay well that's easy what's really hard is how do you get people get rid of the people who are subtly toxic they're you know they're maybe don't realize that they're being toxic or they're trolls and they kind of enjoy dancing on the line that's yeah that's hard that's really challenging because it's like you know people don't like conflict
0: yeah so that's one of the things that we spend a lot of time on. And our promise to you is if you're in the Adafruit community, we'll always do the best job possible so you can spend time making projects and sharing. That's the goal. Yeah. And if you, know, if you think about it, what's the thing that can bring people together the most? It's making something. Because now it takes a lot of people to make something.
1: People love to make. Yeah.
0: So, okay, speaking of open source hardware, uh, Lady Ada was in an interview. You can check it out on adafruit.com slash press. Um, TechNYC did an interview with you. It's all about how Adafruit pivoted to make PPE and medical devices and some of the challenges we have as a business right now and as a society as New York restarts. So um, yeah. it's one of the best, I think, uh, tech newsletters for New York City out there. Um, the team over there does a really good job, TechNYC. Um, also, congratulations to Aya. Um Aya is on a fund for public schools board. This is an organization in New York City and it helps public schools. I'm excited about this because Aya is an open source hardware pioneer, helped start the open source hardware movement, got the, the open Yeah, she the open source hardware association, against. the open source the open hardware summit. And so I think if you're if you're looking forward to like maybe the next chapter in what public schools and what education can be, um, I think it's something like one out of nine students in the U.S. is, is in a New York City public school because that's how many kids we have in so public school. Here, yeah. So many um, kids I'm really happy that I is part of this because it means that there's a good chance of maybe open source hardware getting into public schools more and more. Fred Wilson is on there, uh, well-known VC. Um, we're in uh, like one degree of separation of the decision makers, so we're hoping then maybe we could see like Circuit Playground brought into schools more, um, all open source hardware and software, um, code, like Python, specifically CircuitPython. Um the reason that Make we code, made yeah, yeah. The reason we made CircuitPython and sorry and, 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 and circuit playground was talking to New York City school teachers. They're like, yeah. we want to run something that could do block coding and Python. It needs to be under 20 bucks. And and it needs to show up like a USB drive, and it needs to have LEDs. And, and it, needs, on
1: Windows 7. And it needs to have a
0: sensor. And it just has to have all these sensors. And so that's that's where Circuit Playground came from. Yep. Um, also in open source, Hardware News, us, 2,252 guides. Those are the receipts.
1: It's a lot. We've people got say, show me your receipt. 2,250.
0: Receipts. Yeah. So 2,252. Okay. We'll we had to, a lot this, this week. We had like was on, 10. Yeah. What was on the okay, big I'm board was, this I'm week? I'm going
1: to start from the top. Uh, so Anne published a quickie guide: How to make your Circuit Python Day 2020 countdown clock. You've got a Pi Portal, a Pi Portal uh, Classic, or a Titano or Pint. Check out this guide and make your own countdown clock. We've got from our uh, Dagger, uh, who's a YouTuber who does uh, Bluetooth projects, this totally over-engineered project. I love it. It's a bathroom proximity tracker, bathroom re, ba, Bluetooth restroom key proximity tracker, because where he works there's only two keys like one for each restroom and the landlord will not get them any more keys and so um they have to have a way to keep track of where the keys are um and then find them if they're lost because like there's no they can't duplicate them um so it's really cool it uses um circuit python uh on a blue fruit sense i think it's got uh, an audio output so like if if it gets too far from its dock it like beeps really loudly um it's got LEDs and animations. Um it's got a charging dock that uses inductive charging. It's just like awesome. Uh we got the AdaBox uh 15 unboxing guide.
0: Oh, I should also show one thing.
1: Okay. Oh yeah, a little animation. It glows. It glows, and that's in it's that's the dock. That's the when you place it in it, recharges it. So for the Ada Box guide, if you have not received your Ada Box, don't click on this guide. Click on it once you've received your box so that you can follow along with the unboxing and get your inventory. And we've got tons of projects for you to build at home, safely, far from people. So check that out once you get your box. And if you don't have your box, sign up and uh, you can get the next box. Erin made an amazing light-up sound reactive ukulele. Um, Again, this is where it's her dream project. We'll show a video.
0: Yeah, we got a video coming up.
1: Coming up afterwards. Um, Okay, next up. We've got uh, Katni wrote a guide on our new I2C air quality breakout. She shows how to use it with Arduino and CircuitPython or Raspberry Pi, which is why I really like the sensor because it can be used um, with almost any platform. Melissa wrote a guide on getting Google Calendar um, event notifications on an e-ink display. Um, We have an e-ink bonnet coming out soon. It's a very old project that is finally being released. Uh, and this is one of the projects that uh, I wanted to make sure worked on it. But you can build it with any e ink display. Uh, Nan Pedro Ruiz made a permaproto feather case. We'll show the video for that later as well. Um, they've been doing a lot of permaproto feather hacking and they wanted a case that was kind of like a general purpose case. I kind of like it. It's a good idea. Um, Alvaro has been translating guides this time. It's the first guide on how to use Make Code with Circuit Playground Express, which is cool. So if you are a Spanish-speaking teacher or student and you would like to use MakeCode, um, MakeCode I think even has some translation capability built into it. You can follow along the guide and a lot of the blocks are kind of self-explaining, especially the, the light-up blocks because it's just a bunch of colors. So uh, that's a really good way to learn um, MakeCode. Again, if you're at home, you can't go to school, you can still learn the code. We've got a guide for the new BH1750 lux light sensor. From Brian, uh, it's a it's an easy, but simple, but popular sensor for measuring lux. And uh, following up from last week, we have Noah and Pedro's LED matrix scoreboard um, that they did with Blitz City. That's the guys.
0: Okay, I did have um, a little preview of this. Bink.
5: Bink, bink.
0: All right, let's watch the uh, ukulele video.
5: Okay. Make your own animated sound-reactive LED ukulele from a clear plastic instrument, Neopixels, and an Adafruit Feather Sense. Choose a custom animation pattern to suit your song with a simple pluck of a note. Pluck another note to activate Strum Reaction Mode so that your animations react to your playing. And of course, we've added a Guitar Hero-style Rockstar mode, activated by the built-in accelerometer when you tilt your ukulele with Wild Abandon. With a battery life of several hours, you can bring it along on all your travels and fill the air with both dulcet musical tones and beautiful, frolicking gyrations of color and light. Tune in to learn.adafruit.com for the full build tutorial. And be sure to pluck that like button and subscribe for more scintillating project ideas.
0: All right, next up, some made New York City factory footage. Um, so I've walked by this, and so did Dano, who uh, leads <laughs> up our manufacturing. Um, I don't want to tempt 2020. Um,
1: it's already been pretty bad. <laughs> yeah,
0: like, it, it keeps delivering the hits. Um, but, you know, we're New Yorkers, so some of the, the paste-up art is like, nice try 2020, we're still standing. So, uh, yeah, that's This right. is a little
1: bit of the problem with being a New Yorker, is like, we're we like to be a little snarky.
0: We're uh, we're just very, very determined. Yeah. Um, it's happy. Here's some playing around with PCBs.
1: Some Clue PCBs? Yeah. It's fun to do that. It's a tester.
0: And with our tester uh, that you saw before, that's from one of the electronic Things that were. I think work, they were you know,
1: debugging why it was, yeah, why was it broken. I, like, oh, this chip is way too hot. Why is it hot? Oh, uh, this is the LED light for our uh, pick and place camera. Yep. I think this is them fixing it.
0: Yeah.
1: This is our STM32F405 tester. We have a video for every tester, so folks. Uh, even because we have split hours now people are coming in at different times split shifts um so we always have a video so everyone can see here's what it should look like when you're testing this board this is a laser cut stencil this is some sped up pick and place
0: and it wouldn't be Adafruit factory footage without some construction across the street.
1: Yeah, that's not stopping.
0: Yeah. All right, here's some 3D printing with Noah and Pedro. We're gonna play these videos back to back. First one is this week's uh, video that they just did and then a sped up. Okay. Speed up or sped up? I think- Speed up. Speed up, yeah, speed up. Okay, we're gonna play they this back They sped back-to-back. it up. We'll see you on the other side. Later. Hey, what's up, folks? In this project, we're making a case
3: for an Adafruit perma-proto. We designed and 3D printed this case for an upcoming project that uses an Adafruit feather. The case snap fits together and it secures a perma-proto board without any screws. This makes it so it's easy to put together and take it apart. We made two versions, one for the half-size PCB and the other one for the full-size PCB. Both versions feature really similar snap-fit design with a removable top and bottom covers. The perma-proto is a great way to make a modular circuit with headers and connectors. We designed the CAD assembly with parametric features so it's really easy to adjust the dimensions of the case. Be sure to check out our github repo for our 3D parts library so you can use them in your projects. For this project we needed to solder a 12 and 16 pin strip of headers to the bottom of the feather. I like to use a solderless breadboard when soldering up headers to a breakout board. This helps keeps them nice and straight while soldering all of the pins. A silicone mat is also really helpful and it provides you with a nice and grippy surface. I've been putting our new Solder Fume Extractor through its paces and I really enjoy using it on my projects. You can check out that project by clicking on the link in the description of this video. With the strip of headers installed, I added female headers so the feather can easily be removed or swapped out for a different board. I placed the feather close to the edge of the PermaProto so the USB port is more accessible. I used pieces of mounting tack to help keep the headers in place while soldering them up. A pan of ice is also really nice to have. You can secure all sorts of PCBs to the jaws and adjust the head so you can get a better angle when you're soldering. All of the holes are through plated and feature a nice gold finish so you won't get any oxidation. Once all of the pins are soldered up we can then remove the mounting tack. Be sure to inspect your solder joints and check to see if all the pins have enough solder. I also added an 18-pin dip socket for a solenoid driver with 8 channels. Once I had all of my wires soldered up, I installed it to the bottom cover using the built-in standoffs and mounting tabs. The frame of the case is installed next by snap-fitting it over the bottom cover. Lastly, the top cover can then be installed by snap-fitting it into place. I hope you found this useful and hope this inspires you to try out the Adafruit Primer Proto for your next project.
0: Single Wednesday 3D Hangouts with No Pedro. You can learn how to make all these things and then some. Okay, Lady digi Mmm. DigiKey and Adafruit. Present! Hi on MPI. All right, this week.
1: Amphenol Advanced Sensors. Actually, this sensor was from GE, and I guess Amphenol either split up from GE or they bought the sensor series. But we're gonna be talking about amphenol thermopile infrared sensors today.
0: That's this week's Eye on NPI, Boom. where we bring you all the new product introductions. It is now synonymous. If you think of NPI, you think of DigiKey and Adafruit, and then you get that song in your head: I on NPI, okay.
1: NPI. And don't forget, we have the extended cat as well.
0: Yeah, we yeah we got that. Okay, SoundCloud.com/slash on Adafruit. That's okay.
1: <laughs> good. Cool. All right, so this week's NPI is the ZTP. 148SRC1, it's a small uh, infrared thermal sensor that is uh, filtered. The filter material is specifically tuned for uh, measuring human skin temperature. And the reason this is interesting is because, um, you know, in the last few months, as uh, COVID has taken over uh, this planet, and one of the symptoms is fever, um, people have been looking and using more non-contact infrared uh thermal sensors um so when you were a kid or when i was a kid when your parents took your temperature they would you know put a a thermometer under your tongue or your armpit and uh, it always takes a couple minutes um and it's kind of invasive um and uh while it's still a perfectly fine way to take temperature um these days, uh, you know, people want to take temperature, you know, in a, a school or a store or yeah, a business. Yeah, we have a
0: ton of no-contact thermometers. We yeah. take our team's temperature every single day. We log it. We make sure we know our good baseline so no one's coming in with a fever. So yeah. everyone knows. Everyone has gotten spam, We're good spam this, about these or, you know, months ago, you know, we had uh, already started using these.
1: Yeah, so the, these—and um, I'll, I'll show one taken apart in a little bit because it's interesting— um but so everyone started uh purchasing these and in China um the there was a huge demand to manufacture them and so infrared temperature sensors if you're wondering how come I can't find anywhere any anywhere, um pretty much every infrared temperature sensor has been completely sold out um, for the last four months and the lead times have been about fifty weeks. Um some companies like Molexus even uh they're just like we won't even take back orders, we don't even know when we're gonna be able to sell people more because they're selling them for medical uses, um, but you know a lot of uh, developers and engineers still want to uh, either design their own non-contact thermal sensors or they want to just do thermal sensing in general. You know, it's something that we we like to do as engineers. Okay, so what's cool is this showed up on DigiKey's NPI webpage, slash uh, new mm-hmm. and uh, the ZTP148SRC. Um, like I said, it's it's a it's a simple. Um, thermopile sensor. So, you know, there are some sensors that are more advanced and um, they have a microcontroller inside of them. And so the four pins, they look like this, but the four pins are power ground, I2C clock and I2C data. These sensors are much lower cost. They're only a couple dollars, but the trade-off is they're purely analog. So um, this is how they work. So if you see uh, in the bottom right, um, there is uh, this can that's a cross-section inside is this dye and uh, the dye has it's it's and you know, there's no microcontroller or, or logic inside of it it's just this like you know dope silicon that when infrared light hits it and infrared red light is is emitted by everything that emits heat um, that's how we actually know the temperature of the sun by the way um, a more advanced version of this and then there's this glass uh, filter at the top that's like like the shiny uh, part at the top Um, and in this case it's made out of silicon and that allows it to uh, measure the infrared wavelength that's emitted um, by people very well so that's kind of nice but these sensors are again they're very inexpensive but they're very simple they're they're purely analog um okay so this is the pin out and this just shows a little bit more of the design um so you've got four pins you've got uh, thermopile ground and thermopile positive. Okay, so that's the, the microvoltage output from that um, silicon chunk that absorbs infrared and emits a microvolt range, very small voltage. There's also a thermistor ground and thermistor positive, And that's also in the can. Um, it's a separate small chip that's bonded inside that is um, used... That you should use in your circuitry to detect the temperature of the sensor itself because the sensor, you know, it, it, the um, the output voltage will have an offset based on the temperature. If the if the sensor itself is hot, like the ambient temperature is hot, um, the voltage will rise a little bit. So you want to compensate for that. So that's why there's a therm- the thermistor measures the local temperature and the thermopile measures the remote object temperature. Okay. Um, This just shows that there's various filter options. I thought this was kind of interesting. Um, These, you know, people, uh, engineers love to, like, take a sensor and then, like, use it for, like, 20 different things, Um, so I guess these kinds of sensors can be used for, like, um, gas sensing as well, but the ones we're looking at here is the standard silicon filter, um, often used for, like we said, ear thermometers or forehead thermometers. Okay. So. Um, there's only one thing you gotta watch out for. The output is like in the microvolts. So this shows that the output can go, you know, maybe to 10 millivolts when it's pointed boiling water. Um, 10 millivolts is not very much. And it also goes down to negative two for freezing. So, you know, you do have to amplify this. You cannot plug it into a microcontroller or even an off-the-shelf ADC. Uh, you absolutely have to have um, an analog front end, it, not a complicated one, but you do have to have one. Luckily in the datasheet, Amphenol publishes one for you. So you'll just need a simple, um, either inverting or non-inverting op amp circuit. Uh, you'll want uh, the thermopile sensor with some, you know, an offset voltage, um, because again, it can go negative. And then you just amplify the voltage off of it. Uh, you can see the thermistor is used for uh, compensation. You can either compensate it within the analog circuitry or um, as a part of a, a separate digital circuit.
0: Okay. Okay so and you can find it with the short url digikey.com forward slash short and two zero z d and here's the product number on the screen and you probably want to show this off right Dan? yeah so
1: let's show off um what this looks like i thought it was you know with was ironically we had taken it apart these infrared thermometers before so let's go to the overhead um so this is kind of an off-the-shelf temperature you know thing i kind of took it apart batteries go in the bottom Uh, and it can like store different modes, it has an LCD. So if you wanna make a temperature sensor, here is that thermopile. And so it actually has like this metal casing over it. You can see the four pins here and then this is actually a metal case on top and inside you can see that silicon glass reflecting. Um, The metal case is probably one heat sinking and second, it um, makes the cone of sensing very narrow. So it's like a pinpoint rather than like a broad uh, range um sensor and then you know there's a microcontroller you know some analog circuitry you know button and a piezo so that's that's how it's used in an actual product so this is the, the sensing element and every infrared sensor you know whether it looks like this or it's a little more sleek they all use basically the same sensor element um i didn't want to build a complicated version but i did put together a very quick demo um i just this is the uh Thermopile sensor. Um, and you see, I'm not connecting the thermistor because I'm like, hey, I just want to do like the most basic demo. I have a rail to rail op amp and a gain of 500. And then it's just completely uncompensated. And that's the thing. You have to, if you build this sensor, there's no compensation, there's no calibration. You have to do that yourself. So you have to point the sensor at known temperature objects. And then do the back calibration to see if there's any offset or gain changes. So you'll want to do a two-point calibration, especially if you want to sense something as precise as a human, where like a couple degrees off means fever or no fever, right? You want to be precise. Um, So this is not, you know, it's not actually 31 degrees in here. Well, maybe it is. It's a little warm in here. But, um, uh, you know, if I put my hand over it, you'll see the temperature goes up a couple degrees. So now it says like 34.5 Take my hand away. It goes back down to 30 or 31. So you see, it it is measuring um, the heat of my hand. It's not measuring the light. It's actually measuring the heat. Um, and this was, you know, on a breadboard with five percent resistors, so no calibration, just simple analog read on the, uh, Arduino code. So um, these are pretty easy to use um, once you just have that amplifier circuit built in. Okay. That's
0: you get some key And that is, like you said hi on All right, um, just a little bit of reminder: we are open, we are shipping, we are shipping safely, and thank you so much, everybody, who's been supporting us. If you order something, we are hitting all of the pre-COVID shipping times. We have yeah, shipping like almost shifts. today. We have. Um, nobody has gotten sick at Adafruit and I know um, that's gonna eventually that'll probably change because there's just math that's against you yeah. with this uh, pandemic but I'm so proud of the team who's uh, kept each other safe this entire time that can't be taken away from us we're you know 150 plus days in and it also means all of our customers are safe we do so many things every single day and I just want to thank everybody Yay, once again pre-COVID yeah pre- <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I want to say, like, a band, like, a rock band, like, pre-COVID photo.
0: Well, we were talking about this the other day. Like, you you start to see something on TV, and... your reaction now is, "Hey, why aren't they wearing a mask?" It's like, "Oh, because it was filmed like five years ago." When that's I why.
1: saw the, the the images of the Comic Con, the John Lewis Comic Con, and he was like yeah. speaking to kids, and they were like, speaking. "Yeah, why aren't these
0: kids wearing masks?" Well, but there's, was a, years photo, ago. there's yeah. a photo. There's a photo
1: where he's bending down, and he's talking to the kids, and I'm like, "Why is he so close to yeah. them? He's going to get sick."
0: Yeah, and that's and it's one of those things, you know, how how quickly we we can all adapt and start to think of uh, what's safe or not. But anyways, yeah. uh, so we're open. And then speaking of, it's now time for new products.
1: Yep. New, <laughs> new, 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 new.
4: All right, new
0: product time. Okay. Um, Ada box shipping. Um, check your inbox. Uh, watch the tracking number. Uh, shipping takes a little while because things are just slower everywhere. But we are shipping. Uh, we hope to get all of them to everybody by the end of the month, ish.
1: Yes. Okay, first new product. Okay, first new product. This is nubbin i love this nubbin uh, this is like a 50 cent nubbin but it's still the best um, so on a lot of our products we have these like five way selector joysticks uh, they're pick and placeable they're easy to use but they're like a little sharp um, and so what's nice about this nubbin is it's low cost it goes on top of the selector joystick and it makes it like super comfy it's made out of silicon so actually i'll show it off on the overhead so this is the selector joystick, and we sell a through-hole version of this as well. And you can, you know, it's, it's not like painful to use. You can go up, down, left, right. Um, I like it because it's inexpensive and um, it has nice tactile feedback. But, you know, let's say you wanted something even nicer. You put this nubbin on top and now it's like, ooh, it's like really nice.
0: That's nice. Really
1: soft and squishy. So, um, handy nubbin are the products that we have that um, have joysticks. We're now shipping as many as we can with this nubbin, um, but if you purchased from a while ago, you may not have gotten this nubbin because it's kind of new, in which case, you can order one from Adafruit and it'll show up next time you get shit it. Okay, next up. Okay, this is an updated product, but it's really updated. So the JS is now, I think, V2. And um, this is kind of an interesting... Like, you know, we do... CircuitPython, embedded Python, this is embedded JavaScript. Um, so this is a I think uh, Nordic NRF52832, uh, which is a powerful Cortex M4 Bluetooth chip. And um, you can program it over a web browser. And um, the developers of the PuckJS did like an amazing job. It's really fun. You basically go to a web page, connect over Bluetooth, and uh, you can program this board. And uh, it has improved greatly. Um, so you still have the, uh, Bluetooth module here, but now it has even more sensors. I think before it came with like one sensor, maybe an accelerometer, but now it has an accelerometer, magnetometer, and gyroscope. So you can do like 3D sensing. Um, and, uh, it still has everything else, but yeah, these, these sensors are new. So it can do, um, motion sensing and orientation sensing, but it's still got the same, uh, cute shape, uh, comes with, um this adorable enclosure that keeps it nice and secure with this like rubber gasket on top uh, comes the battery as well and programmable in JavaScript so okay. uh, check it out more sensing next up next up we have an updated product um, our unending quest to stomach UTFI all of our most popular sensors continues um, this time the VL 53. L0x, uh, this used to be breadboard only, now it is breadboard, or Stemma QT. So you can check it out on the overhead. I'll show this little demo. Um, same price, you know, same schematic, uh, same codes and everything. But now you see, um, especially for these distance sensors, you usually want to mount them somewhere. So it has four mounting holes, and you can just plug and play it. Uh, in this case, it's with Arduino, but we also have Python, circuit Python code and then um, it can sense up to a couple meters away. Here I'm just kinda doing close-up sensing. One of the things I
0: like about the new product segment, independent of this product, is every week for like a decade, you always, so what people don't see behind the scenes is, Lady Ada always has a real live demo. Um, Yes, we have cool product photos. Yes, we show it in action and lit up or doing something in the product photos. We think that's important. But also we have this live video, we're live right now, and then you can watch it later. And uh, if if people can do a live show every week, if people can put together these demos and people yeah. can publish that code, that means other people can too. So I kind of feel like electronic companies got to do stuff like this because this is a cool product. We have an updated. Well, you can also see like it. how
1: fast you you like can it's it. It's good to
0: see it. People can ask questions. Working. Yeah. I I think that the future of um, electronics is uh, open source hardware, open source software, but live demos. Yeah. You have to do a live demo with your electronic thing now. You have yeah, to. Anyways. I agree.
1: Okay, so that's the updated VL53. Like how else L2. could
0: you explain this? Like, here's a data sheet. Here's, like, a little video. Like, you actually have to show this and, like, look how my hand goes like this. Yeah. Yeah. Actually,
1: what's cool is, is because of the camera, you can actually see the little LiDAR yeah.
0: element Yeah, that's another neat thing, too. It's cool. Anyways. Okay. Um, okay. Start of the show besides you, the community out there, and you, the customer who helps keep all of us running is this.
1: The BH1750, so this is an interesting sensor because it's actually a very old sensor. Um, this sensor, um, the reason um, we decided to carry is actually, it, I, we have like a search system called like Algolia, and I was noticing that um, every week people would be searching for this part number and I was like, what is this part number? And it turns out like there's a lot of projects um, you know, just like we did, uh, what was the other sensor that we did, the MPU6050. There's a lot of sensors that have just been around for a long time that people use in projects, um, but they don't have a you know a good breakout with level shifting, with that semi-QT connector. And so um, this BH1750 was a pretty simple sensor. It's a lux sensor. It's got like a really wide range. It's like up to 65 or 100,000 lux even, depending on how you do the gain. Um, down to 1 lux. It's you know a simple a simple sensor um but it's really common and so having uh, a, a easy to use breaker. we live
0: demos again. Coming in with the live demos.
1: This is a live demo.
0: Yeah. All right. So uh, this is how much lux is around. Yeah, so it's so darker cover, dark, it's different
1: light, yeah. you know, if I can uh I can turn this on. Okay, whoa. And it's like I'm measuring the light coming out of this uh you know this camera has a uh, it's
0: a lot of light. Has a
1: lot of light. So now it's up to 2000 lux. So Super bright. It's
0: detecting how many photons are pouring into
1: Mega lux. Super lux. So um, this sensor is, again, plug and play. You can even chain it with the VL53L0X. You do light sensing, distance sensing. I love um, this format. Um, Big ups to Nate from SparkFun for inventing it. Um, It's just so easy for me to build projects between this and Feather. It's like you can see, I just have a board. I plug this on. I wire this up. There's no soldering. There's no like loose wires. It's so easy. Um, it's a very inexpensive sensor. A great way to add lux sensing to your next project.
0: Okay, and that is new products.
1: Yay! All
0: right. Um, so we're gonna do top secret. But before we do, head over to. Discord. We're gonna answer some questions soon, but you do that over at adafruit.it slash discord. I have a couple of questions lined up, but let's do some top okay. secret real quick. Okay. Alright, the first top secret is a 30-second video. It is a sharp display, and I mean sharp in a few different reasons and a few different ways. You might look familiar, the video will tell you more. Hey what is this?
1: Hey, this is me testing out a 2.7 inch diagonal sharp memory display. These are these really beautiful, low energy, faster than e-ink, but very daylight readable. Displays from Sharp. Um, this is the same display that's in the Playdate, you know, the yeah. little cranking game um, that's coming out shortly. And um, I found the part on DigiKey and I thought I'd make a little breakout. And our library worked with it perfectly. I just did a little bit of speed ups so and you can see how small and readable the text is. Really beautiful screen.
0: Very right, cool. Okay, and then next up we're going to show the Black Lives Matter learning board yeah and um i thought the other thing that's cool about this is it shows up as a usb drive so you can put pdfs you can have learning information you can have specific actions you can have a list of people that we need to make phone calls to um how many days has it been since breonna taylor's uh the murder. The no the 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 Kentucky the latest was the the Kentucky attorney general. They called in the, the now they're gonna have the mayor's office. Yeah. Look into it. So as long as this pandemic has been going, I know that is when Breonna Taylor was murdered at home, which is the most terrifying thing you can think of. Someone kicking down the door, shooting you, and all of the things that are. This is one of the longest worst things ever. So um, one of the actions we have on adafruit.com slash blacklivesmatter is the places you can call, the people that you can email. Um, yeah, sure, petitions. but We have to do more than that because obviously it's not enough. Yeah. Um, so there has to be action. So look at our website. But anyways, that, that's the other benefit of this is you have a USB drive. You could put all that stuff on there. Yeah. So um, it's just free, it's really frustrating. And so, like, we're an electronics company. What can we do? It's all, well, um, here's a cool board that you could do with workshops. So what are some of the features of this board?
1: Okay, I'm glad you asked. Yeah. Um, so you, you actually kind of tasked me with – um, making a badge that's low-cost you said you want it to be like 15 or $20 so yeah. I had to like think about how to make it inexpensive um, and one of the things I wanted to do to make it inexpensive and also said you wanted to be about three or four inches high yeah so it's about four inches high it's got a lanyard loop so it's a it's a wearable so you, know, you can wear it as a badge yeah um, and then uh, to make it inexpensive I um, used alkaline batteries because they're common Uh, I thought rechargeable batteries adds a lot of complexity and cost and makes it difficult to ship, whereas everyone's got AAA alkaline batteries. But when I made it with a three, you know, we wanted to use this, um, you know, Black Lives Matters, you know, fist of justice. And when I wanted to use three AAAs, which is what I normally use to generate about 3.3 volts, it ended up being way too big. So, well, actually, this is interesting. I have a boost converter, which normally... I wouldn't be able to afford on a, on a board of this, um, price point. I want to keep it inexpensive, but the mini boost that we just came out with, um, the chip on that, uh, the TPS 61023 is, is very low cost boost converter. And this inductor is only like 10 cents. Actually the boost converter is like, you know, only a couple cents, maybe 30 cents total in cost. Um, so when we chat about it, you're like, Oh yeah, it's worth it to make it run on two AAA batteries. This is, A new thing, I usually don't include boost converters on things, but um, I'm starting to find low-cost versions. It's got Mm -hmm. USB-C, and it's at SAMD21E18. It's the same as the Trinket M0 Gemma M0. In fact, right now it's kind of programmed to think it's a Gemma. Um, It's got a light sensor that's pointing out the outside. You wanted to make it so when it got dark out, it would light up more. Yeah. um, Because we see a lot of people protesting at night. And then there's a microphone. Um, a PDM microphone so when uh, loud sounds are detected it's people cheering yeah, you, can,
0: you can have a uh, it, can,
1: it can blink yeah. so I thought that'd be really cool I was thinking like what are some projects that could really inspire kids who are going to protest or want to um,
0: I guess that's one other thing too so for yeah. all for all of you tuning in at home um, Lady and I go you could in our Adafruit Chronicles post that we do you can see like our, our GPS route so uh, we Probably would have gone to the Union Square protest tonight, but we're doing a show. Um, we go to a lot of these protests. We've given PPE to a lot of the protesters. Um, you know, one of the things that we noticed is this is a family event. I don't know if you live, yeah. in, if you live in a big city, this is pl- people, this is, this is why this is not just a moment, it's a movement. Um, people are bringing their kids, there's activities, there's, everyone is listening and educating themselves about the changes that we all want to see. So we're like, well, obviously there's going to be more to this. Obviously yeah. there's you know there's going to be um, learn to code, make that website that that is the thing that you want to get your actions out. Make electronics that you know this isn't this is never going to end if we all keep working on stuff. And so I thought this would be a neat workshop thing yeah. to get more it's young people. It's designed
1: specifically for badger desk usage, and then there's an on-off switch, which is really handy for battery-powered stuff because. Yeah. I wanted to make it so people could, like, turn it on and off really easily to conserve the battery. Um, and then we had a little bit of room, so I put four capacitive touch switches. Um, we'll chat about this. Maybe I'd have two, and one's power, and one's ground. I don't know. You, we, can, we can chat about what makes sense. But right yeah. now it's four capacitive touch buttons. So you could use this to change, like, LED modes. Um, I'm using these side light LEDs, which are the same as used as the Halloween M4. Um, and that's kind of it. It's really simple. I, you know, we chatted about, like, what did we like about the Circuit Playground, but what would, imp- you know, make it better as a badge. And then um, it also, it, you can't, you know, see it easily, but because of the way the battery is placed, it sits upright, like on a... Yeah. Like, it'll stand up.
0: So it stands up on its own. The other thing is this is the second BLM-based electronics project I've seen. Um, this one I got from Tindy, and these are the Oshpark ones. and has his name on the back where police brutality needs to be addressed, and these are their names. Say their name if you're in New York City. You see that hashtag. You see that art. You see the people in the streets saying it and saying their names. So we wanted to have something in the electronic world. Yeah, and we'll as probably well. be
1: giving these away. We'll do sponsorship yeah. projects, but um, this is kind of fun. So this is my first revision, so I just put these together last night. A couple mistakes. i got to fix them, but uh, and then we're going to chat about what we want to change in it. Um, but hopefully it'll be in the shop soon.
0: That's top secret. Don't ask. All right. So let's go to questions. Um, I have some lined up already. First question. Uh, this is from... It's Supu Flounder. I have a 2.4-inch Feather TFT, and I want to code a UI, including graph and buttons in CircuitPython. I have uh, problems finding any documentation on what library I should be looking for. I will be either using the Feather Wing Hazai ESP32 or a Feather M4 Express, depending on my desire for Wi-Fi connectivity, which is still open question on the project. Where do I go to find such a library and its documentation?
1: Well, we've got a bunch of tutorials on display UI. Um, We actually have a guide specifically on making a UI with Display.io, go to learn.idfor.com and type Display.io and then check out, we have a bunch of tutorials and just work through them. Display.io is a little bit different than other um, graphic systems in some ways. Um, It's not hard to use, but it's like you just kind of have to think of it a little bit different because everything's an object, but things refresh for you, which is really nice. You don't have to redraw the screen um, unless, you know, you want to move something around or you want to add something um so that objectness is is kind of handy but it is a little different than say like arduino but we have guides for sure
0: okay next up um i see you sell shift out registers but i don't see shift in registers a are you a fan of them b any plans to make a breakout with all the resistors or plans to make a shift in feather wing, um e- used for ESP8266 with limited pins.
1: Yeah, it's true. So shift in, you know, you can use a 74HC165. I've definitely used them. Uh, Zoxbox had them for all the buttons. Um, people tend not to have shift registers used as much because it's a little bit, like you said, you need pull-up resistors and some more complicated. So instead, what I would recommend using is uh, MCP23017. Uh, or 23008, which are um, I squared C um, GPIO expanders. So you get eight or sixteen GPIO, and you can have pull-ups, and there's like an interrupt. You don't have to shift them in. Like you, you can have them in input or output, and there's libraries, and it's like really easy to use. So I would, you know, I don't have anything against shift-in registers. I've used them, but in general, what people really want is GPIO expanders.
0: Okay. Uh next up uh, this one is over here. Uh what's the easiest FPGA dev platform?
1: Boy, I don't know. Um no, I mean easy is
0: a good word. I think, I think maybe open because at least you have a shot at
1: Yeah, there's the ICE like, 40 like UPKs. Um I think like one Bitsy has an FPGA board.
0: Well, easy is hard. We have
1: Mojo FPGA, They do a board. We have the DEO Nano, which at the time was, like, definitely the easiest, had the most tutorials.
0: Yeah. Um, so this is top secret. I'll answer this. Is the BL and Circuit Board available soon? Yeah, we're going to do a revision. It's all open source. You can run the boards yourself. Um, and then we're going to try to figure out a way. Yeah, i put up
1: the file. But I mean, this has mistakes
0: in it. It's not yeah. actually we, ready for people to. When we correct an issue that was on the board that we want to yeah. resolve, we're going to put it up. Um, but then we're going to figure out a way to get these to as many people as possible. Um That's right. Okay. Next up. Uh, I think that is it. Okay. That is all the questions for now. We're going to uh, continue to hang out in the chat, but now it is time for the Python on Hardware newsletter.
4: Yay, Katni! Take it away, Katni. It's that time again. This is Katni with your weekly Python on Hardware news. Every week, we put together the Python for Microcontrollers newsletter. It is available through adafruitdaily.com. Head over to sign up and see all of the past and current newsletters. Or tune in each week to hear what's going on. Adafruit is working with the team to open safely as we continue to navigate COVID-19. We are following the same safety protocols we have since the beginning and will continue to do so. At this time, regular non-COVID-related orders are shipping, but expect delays as we ramp up. We are working hard to get more items in stock, so if there is an out-of-stock item you're looking to purchase, sign up to be notified when it's back in stock. For more information, visit adafruit.com slash opensafely. Europython 2020 this year will be an online conference this week from July 23rd to 26th. There will be two conference days which require a ticket and two sprint days which will be free to attend. The schedule is now available online at ep2020.europython.eu slash schedule. The 13th Annual PyOhio Ohio will be held July 25th and 26th. This online event will consist of 5- and 10-minute talks, sprints, and discussions. As always, the conference is free to attend. The events, overview, and registration are available online at pieohio.org. Pie Ohio typically uses its t-shirt sales as their primary fundraiser. Because the costs of running the virtual event this year are low and because they aren't able to host their Young Coders class, the team decided to use their fundraiser to support an organization that aligns with their mission, Black Girls Code. Check out the registration page for a link to order your PiOhio 2020 t-shirt. Build an electronic security lock for package delivery, securing physical documents, or granting access to a secret lab. This project uses AWS Serverless to create a touchscreen keypad lock that uses SMS to alert a recipient with a custom message and unlock code. CircuitPython runs on an Adafruit Pi Portal open source IoT touch display. A relay wired to the Pi Portal acts as an electronic switch to bridge power to an electronic solenoid lock. Details available on idk.dev. With Adafruit's Clue, CircuitPython, and eRadionica's Wi-Fi bit, it's simple to fetch data from the internet and show it on screen. Details and a link to the code available at plus plus ++int on Twitter. In this week's CircuitPython Deep Dive livestream, Scott streamed his work on allocation optimization. The plan is to recap the ESP32 SPI memory optimizations, discuss the new memory monitor module, and polish everything up. Check out the latest video and past videos at adafru.it deepdive. Jeff Epler has done a deep dive into using the PCF8523 and DS3231 real-time clock circuits, which Adafruit sells in Feather form factor boards. Sample code is provided to detect which of these two boards may be connected to a CircuitPython host as they both use the same I2C address, but different register layouts. In a companion post, Jeff discusses calibrating the DS3231 and PCF8523 RTCs against a known frequency source. Check out both of these posts on emergent.unpythonic.net. Melissa demonstrates Part 2 of her Python-powered custom-animated LED sign series covering the software setup of the sign, including how to get your Python script running upon starting the sign. Subscribe to Maker Melissa's lab on YouTube to see this and more great video content from Melissa. The Microsoft Developer division is looking for a senior program manager to help make Azure the best cloud for Python developers. Check it out at careers.microsoft.com. And for more jobs in the maker and tech industries, visit the Adafruit Jobs Board. It's free for you and companies to use. Visit jobs.adafruit.com. emwx posts to Twitter a device to measure the rotation speed of a fan. Made with CircuitPython and the Adafruit Circuit Playground Express. Code available at emwdx on GitHub. Code and Solder posts to Twitter a 3D-printed light-up owl using an Adafruit Gemma M0 microcontroller, NeoPixels, and capacitive touch to change the colors with CircuitPython. Check out this hello world in CircuitPython using NeoPixels and an ADXL335 accelerometer to change the pixel direction according to the accelerometer inclination running on the MakerFab's Maduino board. Posted to Medium, how I sent my first LoRaWAN message to the Things Network using a TTGO ESP32 in MicroPython. This project utilizes the MicroLoRa library, a port of the Adafruit CircuitPython Tiny LoRa and LoRaWAN driver to MicroPython. This allows IoT Things to transmit light payloads to the Things Network. Code available on GitHub. In this week's episode of Microcontrollers with King or North, learn about stepper motors with CircuitPython and Arduino. Available on YouTube. Learn about connecting a TCS34725 color sensor to an Adafruit Feather M0 running CircuitPython in this tutorial on LearnMicropython.com. Caitlin's dad posts to Twitter a Citizen Science MooX sensor. Check out this MicroPython text-to-speech weather broadcast project on ElectroMaker. Learn about interfacing a 0.96-inch OLED display with ESP32 in this MicroPython tutorial on makerfabs.cc. This Google Summer of Code project involves writing an Arduino to MicroPython Transpiler. The main target is the Arduino Portenta H7 board. Proposal available on GitHub. This tutorial, written in Czech, covers making a smart fridge with MicroPython. Details on ubk.cz. Bear9973 posts to Twitter, a program that displays the measured values of the optical sensor on a microbit main unit via an I2C-connected LCD with MicroPython. Make a gradebook with Python and Pandas in this tutorial on realpython.com. Check out this introduction to Python for data science on linuxlinks.com. Python Weekly posts to Twitter, GUIETA, a tool for making simple Python GUIs. SciPython3 posts to Twitter the Maxwell Boltzmann distribution in two dimensions, relaxation towards equilibrium, animated with Python and madplotlib. Details available at scipython.com, video available on YouTube. Morgan posts playing around with the GoDaddy API in Python on morganlinton.com. Python Generators 101 is a video course on Python generators and the Python yield statement, available on realpython.com. CircuitPython Day is September 9, 2020. Adafruit has chosen 9-9-2020 as the snakiest day of this year. We'll keep you posted on what's involved as the date gets closer. In general, events and happenings will include a CircuitPython team livestream, collaboration with hardware and software folks, and highlighting all things Python and Python on hardware. More information will be forthcoming. Do you have ideas or suggestions for CircuitPython Day? Are you planning your own CircuitPython Day event? Let us know via email at circuitpythonday@adafruit.com. at adafruit.com. The number of CircuitPython-supported microcontroller and single-board computers continues to grow. There were no new boards added this week, but some are in development. Are you interested in adding a new board to CircuitPython? Check out the Adafruit Learn system for a series of guides about getting your board added to CircuitPython and CircuitPython.org. There are five new Python on Hardware-related guides in the Adafruit Learn system this week, including... Send wireless MIDI continuous controller CC messages over the air to your favorite BLE synthesizer or synth app on iOS or macOS. This project uses the Clue's built-in accelerometer and proximity sensor to send three different CC signals as you tilt and roll your hand, in this guide from John Park. Build pixel hoops, an LED scoreboard with mini IR sensing hoop using an RGB matrix and CircuitPython. This indoor game lets you shoot hoops and display your score on a 64 by 32 LED matrix. In this guide from Noah and Pedro, the current number of CircuitPython libraries is 263. This includes both the Adafruit CircuitPython libraries and the CircuitPython community libraries. There is one new library this week: Adafruit CircuitPython AS7314, as well as a number of updated libraries. As always, visit circuitpython.org/libraries to download the latest Adafruit CircuitPython bundle included in this week's updates from the CircuitPython team. Continuing the story from last week, the AS7341 saw a good amount of time on Brian's bench over the past week. After spending some time getting close with the sensor and what little example code he was able to find, he found that there are in fact 23 individual sensors that can be connected to any one of the six ADC channels. This by itself gives the sensor a large amount of flexibility. You can choose which color bands you wish to measure at any given time and even potentially change the configuration based on the data coming in. Keeping in mind all of the possible combinations from being able to select the sensor connected to each ADC, you can imagine his surprise when he found out that you can attach more than one sensor to an ADC channel at a time. This means you can effectively adjust the sensitivity of the sensor without adjusting gain or integration time, by selecting if you are measuring from one or two sensors for the given channel. The possibility that intrigues him is that of connecting multiple sensors from different wavelength bands to the same ADC. This documentation was a bit sparse and doesn't explicitly state if this is possible or not, so we'll have to see how it works. Dan's continuing work on the HCI implementation of underscore BLEIO is progressing. He's gotten advertising to work and will next work on connecting as a peripheral. Unfortunately, the ESP32 hardware doesn't support extended advertising, but that's not a serious limitation for most BLE applications. Lucian set up the tool chains and control test setup for his ESP32S2 and read up on the timer docs for when he starts working on pulse IO. He also worked on some changes to the Protomatter RGB matrix library so that it cooperates properly with his new timer allocation system, and investigated an issue with Pulsein that's related to IRQ management. He's also been chatting with some international folks about a possible implementation of the F1 family for STM32, which has some very cheap boards, especially when purchased directly from China. The F1 is on the low performance side for CircuitPython, but the upper end of the family is comparable to the SAMD21 and 51 chips, and the prices are rock bottom for many packages. It'll be interesting to see how the project develops. Melissa finished up two guides around using an e ink display to display some useful information. The first one she did was a weather station, which is based on the weather station available for Pi Portal, but with some changes so that it works nicely on e ink displays, such as less frequent updates. The second guide she wrote is an event calendar that was inspired by a project called Up Next, except this one is written in Python. This project goes out, connects with Google Calendar, and retrieves the events from all of your calendars so that you can see what events are coming up soon. Both guides are available on the Adafruit Learning System. PyCon AU is holding PyCon Line AU September 4th through 6, 2020. Check out 2020.pycon.org.au for more information. PyGotham is a New York City based eclectic Py centric conference covering many topics. PyGotham TV is taking place October 2nd and 3rd, 2020, with a single track of talks presented online. The call for proposals is now open at cfp.pygotham.tv. Visit 2020.pygotham.tv for more information. PyCon India 2020 will be held online from October 3rd through 5th, 2020. A call for proposals is now open through the 14th of August. Visit in.pycon.org 2020 for more details regarding the CFP and the conference. Translating CircuitPython is now easier than ever. Translations make the project accessible to a broader range of folks. Adding or improving translations is a great way to get started contributing to the project. With the help of fellow open-source project WebLate, we're making it even easier. You can create a new account just for WebLate, or sign in using other sites like GitHub or Google. If you write another language, visit adafru.it slash translatecp, sign in, and start translating. Looking for more Python on hardware all week? Join the Adafruit community on Discord and check out the Help with CircuitPython and CircuitPython channels. We're over 21,000 strong and continuing to grow. You'll find a supportive, positive community filled with like-minded folks. Join at adafru.it slash discord. And that is your Python on Hardware news for this week. Visit adafruitdaily.com to subscribe to the newsletter or tune in again next week.
0: Thank you, Katni. Thank you, Anne. Thank you, everyone who works on the Python on Hardware newsletter. That is your weekly dose in video newsletter format of all things that are going on on Python and hardware. Blanca, blanca, um, And actually, there was someone in the chat who was asking, like, hey, how do I make a, a library for CircuitPython, for instance? Blingada. We have guides on all this stuff. Blingada. In Blingada. fact, Blingada. there was a guide. It's like making a library for CircuitPython. We have two libraries. We, we have
1: two guides. One on, like, structuring the library and one on yeah. how to, like, use a data sheet to convert yeah. a sensor. We've been
0: shown if there's a uh, CircuitPython library, how to get it to work in the MicroPython world. we got a lot going on on Python and hardware. So anyways. It's true um thank you so much everybody right, that was our you. show for the week we appreciate all of you for tuning in and also for um helping us stay in biz we're doing safe and smart our team thanks you thank you so much we are on the road to recovery as we restart this new york economy um lady ada is on this mayor's council we're doing everything we can locally we're trying to help everyone nationally Um, We'll try to help the planet. We'll expand to the rest of the solar system, hopefully. (laughs) Um, See if anybody needs a hand on Mars. Um, But thank you, everyone. Uh, There's there's a whole bunch of ways forward, and I think we can do it together through sharing and science and engineering and art and music, and you've come to the right place for that. So we'll see everybody next week on Show & Tell. Because next week at 8 p.m. is...
1: Ada, Boxing, Ada Boxing, Boxing, the JP.
0: Yeah, so I uh, think Jesse May's in the Slack chat. Thank you, Jesse May. Thank you all the Adafruit team members in Discord and everyone who's working right now. And uh, we'll be in the factory in a bit. And uh, we'll see everybody uh, during the week, next week, and more. Here is your Moment of Zener.
1: See you next week, everybody.